so here we go. Welcome back. This is my day 26 of uh, Camino de Santiago, walking on my treadmill, redoing the Camino on my treadmill from Galway, Ireland, following the video of BK Lee from Korea, who did the Camino about a year after me. Don't ask me the years, I'm all mixed up. Something like I did a 2018, he did a 2019, or I did 2017, he did 2018. Honestly, do you really care? I mean, stop asking me these ridiculous questions. Please, come on. Let's let's get realistic here. Oh, cyclist on the way. Knock him over, BK, knock him over. There's a cyclist, he's stopped. And he's talking in an American accent. Is it Lance Armstrong? I think it is, I think it was. I think it was Lance Armstrong. Looking for... No, it's going to say something legally compromising there. Let's not go there. Okay. Anywho, this is exciting. Regular listeners listening to my last episode, Day 25, were no doubt uh, disappointed. Oh, hold on. Where's my phone? Disappointed because I was running out of things to say. Shock horror. But there's been a development. There's been a major development. Breaking news. This is Wolf Blitzer in the Situation Room. Welcome back. We're in the Situation Room. And we've got breaking news coming in here from my Cullen in Galway, Ireland, where James Finland is setting off on his day 26 of his Camino on a treadmill. Oh, here comes a cyclist. Get a bell. Buen Camino. Beep, beep. Get a bell. He's having trouble. He's nearly fell off his bike. Oh, man. I Cyclists. They grind my gears. On the Camino, that is. Not in real life. They're just ruining the whole spiritual atmosphere. Yes, they're talking there. I can't follow the conversation, but... The American cyclist said yes, and then he said thank you. So, because BK let him past. But he's walking with his bike. I'm like, I'd be like, hey, get out of my space, dude. That's what I'd be like. Get out of my space. And uh, I'd say, get out of my space or I'll jack your ass up. What's he saying? Friggin' children or something? I didn't see where you guys turned, so I could just sail down towards Hey. This is Lance Armstrong got lost and uh, he's met up with his pals again. BK is laughing. So Lance has found his pals. I wonder where he went when he got lost. Hmm? Wonder did he have a little package to pick up <clears throat> from a doctor? I'm only joking, Lance. Relax. Just relax, will you? Okay, and they're off. Ding, ding, get a bell. Buen Camino. Okay, I'm okay. I'm in a good mood today. So so I'm being nice to the cyclists. Let's get my speed up. Why not? Let's go nuts there. 4.4. Okay, so breaking news. James Finland was running out of things to say, but then just as he was about to lose all his listeners, he discovered little diary he kept. I'll switch, let's switch to first person. This is getting confusing. I found a little diary that I kept on the Camino. 
I knew I had it, I just never looked at it. When I say a diary, it was like a little notes app on my computer. Oh my God, this guy's struggling again on his bike. Just the surface isn't designed for bikes. Hey, I keep telling you that, you know? Stay off our Camino, you know, cyclist. We not like you around here. Okay. Anyway, back to... We don't like your kind around here. Hey, gringo. We don't like your kind around here. <laughs> I'm just auditioning there for some of my many accents. That's, uh, I, guess, I guess, Mexican, one might say. Well, I hope. That's whatever you want it to be. Just give me a job. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So, Camino. So I did keep this diary that was more like bullet points. And it ran out in Burgos. My last note was I got sick. And then I was like, I started a part two during the and it just said on the road again, and that was it, nothing else. But what it means is the breaking news is I'll have something to talk about for the next few minutes. Mm -hmm. Just taking a water break there. Um, which is better than having nothing to talk about. I believe. Okay, where am I? So let's look in here on my phone using Google Keep Notes app. We've got a Camino section. Now, where are we? Camino candles, a list of all the people I lit candles for. That's private, pretty much. Okay, Camino Journal Part 1. I'm trying to hold my phone, walk, and talk. Day one. See, I. I should have done this earlier, but honestly, there's not that many notes. They're coming in useful now. This is a recap, okay? This is a recap episode. You know people who watch TV series, Game of Thrones or some awful crap like that? And then you watch a recap to see, remind yourself of all the awful crap that you've forgotten that went in the last, that happened in the previous episodes. So here's the awful crap for my recap. Okay, day one. Met Irish women at Biarritz Airport. Rain! Exclamation mark. Beers while waiting for train. Slept in gym with Ashley. So that was the, when I say with her, I mean there was like 60 of us. Steady on, okay. Um, she was one of the Irish women I met. And she walked with me on day one. And, and then we met again in Pamplona, okay. That's my day one. Day two, long trek over Pyrenees. So day two is really day one, if you get me, of the actual Camino. Long trek over Pyrenees. Sent bags onto hostel in Espinal. Now we only did that when we got to Roncesvalles uh, after walking 26 kilometers plus 1.6 kilometer elevation, I think, 1.2 or 1.6, plus stopping for 40 minutes to help rescue an English woman who collapsed. Just giving you context, because you're going to be judging me. I can hear, I can feel, I, hey, you at the back, out. You know, you're all like saying, oh, we sent the bags. Sir, sent the bags ahead. He's so lazy and useless. Hey, listen, I'm a hero, okay? So anyway... Uh, the same bags on to us. Met <laughs> TG, that's wrong, TK. Yeah. No, TK, T. It's not TG. TK. What did we. TJ. T 
TJ. Okay. Matt TJ overwrought ex fighter pilot from Florida. Quote, Irish gals are either plain or pretty. You guys are pretty. I'm not a gal. So he was complimenting Ashton, I guess. Sort of backhanded compliment, insult, insulting the Irish at the same time. Irish gals are either plain or pretty. You guys are pretty. Oh, maybe, were there other Irish women with us? No. Wish, I wish I was on a beach in Bangkok. Hey, I'm gonna take an El Camino. Oh, I told you that one, that's what he said when he wants to go to the gentleman's room. Uh, okay, helped English woman who collapsed. I have her name here, I won't repeat that. Uh, drinks with Irish lads, that was in one survived. Mass, good Irish Catholic that I am. Pilgrim's Mass with Alice and Gail uh, from South Africa. Um, Alice was Irish though, from, but based in South Africa. Buen Camino, get a bell. Uh, walk to hostel with Ashling. After all that, we walked another six kilometers. We walked into a private house thinking, well, Ashley thought it was a hostel. Only but the man was okay. Um, discussion with Ashley and New Zealand businesswoman about secular versus religious. I called myself a practicing Catholic. Ooh, dangerous. Whoa, what was I thinking? You can, people have been hung for less than, hanged for less than that. Well, I guess I was, slash am. Anyway, uh, there goes my reputation. Day three, hiked alone to Laraswana. Talked, talked to ponies and geese. Met wolf trainer from Manitoba, British Columbia. A wolf trainer, don't remember that. Mad supermarket guy. Uh, mad supermarket with guy playing records and running an ad hoc restaurant. That's the guy who said to me, you need to relax. Um, met Danish couple there, they were nice. Met them a few times. Oh, met Polish guys there, Marion. Polish guy who had helped English lady. Talked about Grace, so that's the Polish guy. Who, his name is Marion. He said, uh, faith is grace. Take it or leave it. You heard it here first. Um, cute girl from Virginia in hostel. I know, I shouldn't say girl, right? Young woman. God damn, she's probably half my age. Natalie. I remember her. Yeah, she's nice. Uh, hours drying hand-washed clothes on clothes rack over air dryer. Yeah. Uh, what else? Jeremy played Native American flute. Okay. So that's, I've already covered days one to three. I really should spread these out, but I've nothing else to say now, so I'll continue up until we catch up with where I am now. That's exciting, isn't it? Yes, it is, correct. Um, Declan just texted me, my friend in Belfast, who did the Camino and convinced me to do it at a different time than him. 
He said, the In Our Time on Kierkegaard is very good. Oh, I gotta listen to that. Hey, I, I'll get back to the diary in a minute. In Our Time, a show on Radio 4, presented by Melvin Bragg, the legendary Melvin Bragg. And uh, it's a great show. They just, there's no sig tune or anything on it. They just start straight away. And they just talk about a topic or a, per a person with just a few experts. And just pretty serious show. But uh, yeah, it's really good. Really good. That's on... I don't know if it's every weekday, is it? But it's on, it's in the mornings. I haven't listened to it in a while. Kierkegaard, I think, regarded as one of the early existentialists, but a sort of Christian existentialist. Check it out. Once again, you heard it here first. Um, oh, damn, I thought I'd have more to say about that. Well, all I can say is I shall listen to that later. That's all I got. Okay. Um, have some water. Water break. Okay. Okay. 4.4 kilometers. Am I staying at that speed? And go back to four. I've done enough. I've hit my hard points for this week. I've gone over them. So uh, I'm only doing day, this day 26 today, and then I'm finishing. Gonna go and run some errands for my focus. I'm good like that. Okay. I'm a saint. So let me see. Where were we before Declan rudely interrupted with the text? Day four. Knees killing me. Exclamation mark. Email from the English lady who collapsed as so she was still alive. Good. I really got to vet these before reading them aloud. You know, to scan it quickly in case of something. Personal. <laughs> hey, he's, PK's laughing. See someone, hola. Hola, someone sitting down and they exchange a bit of laughter. Someone in front of him. It's a lovely uh, open sort of road now, pathway, and he's going to overtake them, no doubt. Gone doubt, as we say in Ireland. Oh, look, cyclists, get a bell! Nearly hit me. Hey, I'm rekindling some of the anger. Ah, you can't bear a bit of anger. Now, someone in front of him, he's about to overtake. Back to my notes. Let's see, knees killing me. Steffi and Jess, brackets Filipina, gave me knee medicine, exclamation mark. Okay, I'll stop reading the exclamation marks. And we've overtaken, pole position, pole position. Da, 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 etc. Okay. Um, yeah, exclamation. Okay. Beautiful cats everywhere. Yeah, I'm not reading. So I hope you can hear the exclamation marks without me actually saying exclamation mark. Beautiful cats everywhere. I can't do that. My voice is quite monotonal, I think. Oh, I'm being hard on myself. It's not that bad. Okay. Prayer for today. Dear God, send me an effing stick. Ooh, somebody's annoyed with God. Um, and then along came Rita from British Columbia. Oh, raises wolves. Wow, she's a wolf trainer. I remember now. Rita, yeah. Okay, I can knock a bit out of this. Let's... 
See, I mentioned that briefly on the way to Pamplona with my knees killing me and I was at my wit's end. I was going so slow and I prayed for a stick and then Rita appears, hi James. But the day before, I remember passing her the day before and I was like, you can't kind of stop and say hello to everybody. So I was, I just said Buen Camino. But then somehow I decided, no, I'll have a quick chatter. Just as well I did, if I hadn't chatted to her then, she wouldn't have stopped the next day and said, hi James, and shared a stick with me. So we discovered she's from, lives in Kamloops, I think, British Columbia. I said to her, you don't seem like you're from British Columbia. After a while, I said this. She said, well, she said, I'm not. Why did you think that? I said, because you're friendly. Ooh, controversial. But I don't know, British Columbians are more reserved than prairie people. And she was from the prairies. Don't ask me exactly where, but you know, that chunk there in the middle of Canada where Annie, a lot of people I met from there were quite friendly and open. Um, so, and she gave me a stick and she raises wolves. Prayer answered, and uh, she shared a stick with me. And she was 80, suffering from, oh, what's that pulmonary condition? Anyway, that was really nice of her. I could have said no, I really needed it though. And, you know, we had a stick each and walked slowly. And that for me was a little mini miracle. Take it or leave it. Calling it a miracle until the day that I meet a bunch of happy, clappy atheists and they can explain everything to me in a happy song. Explain how, no, no, there's no miracles. Don't know how they're going to make that happy, but you know, I'm sure they have some talented songwriters. Okay. Then along came Rita from BC, Raises Wolves, and she shared one of her sticks with me. Then I went into a church in suburb outside Pamplona and Mass was on. Met Julie from New Zealand again. She was a kind of rich businesswoman. Met Alice and Gail on way into Pamplona. Another email from the English lady who collapsed. She's back on the Camino. Might meet her along the way. Uh, spoiler alert, I never met her. Must email her again though. She went back to where she fell and started from there. Yeah. Why not? Why not? I probably would have done. I'd either, I'd either quit or go back to where I fell. I don't do in-betweens. That's right. You heard me right. I don't do in-betweens. Okay. Stayed in Pension with Ashlyn. Hung out with Alice and her gang in Pamplona. Met Selena from Kerry again. I remember her. Nice young woman. And Danish couple again, met them a few times. Anders, that was the guy, took my fleece as collateral in case he didn't get back into the hostel. So his name was Anders. Uh, I was gonna say Swedish, maybe from Norway, I don't know, but he was like, he knew what he was doing. He goes, oh, I'm cold. Does anyone have a top? I give him my fleece. Then we're going home and he keeps walking ahead of us. With my fleece on, I'm saying give it back, and he's just kind of grinning. They followed him all the way to his hostel. He wanted us as a plan B because he was past curfew time in case he didn't get in. Oh man, just. I get hoodwinked by people like that because I am a little too trusting, and I don't really 
understand that people operate like that. Like, he could have just been honest or something. He Actually, he should have just gone back before curfew. We weren't getting all worked up over it now. I think it was the fact he was so much younger than me and he was running rings around me. But you know what? If you want to act like that in life, I've come across other people like that. You're not going to have true friendships, <laughs> said he with his huge coterie of friends. <laughs> anyway. So, on our way to Los Arcos, and then outside Los Arcos, I meet Julia from Roma. It's the romantic summer hit, an unexpected hit. Julia from Julia and James. What's my name in Italian? Giuseppe, is it? Well, it is now. Julia and Giuseppe. What? I don't know where that accent is coming from. I do have an idea of writing a kind of love story on the Camino, a sort of unrequited, sort of crossing paths type thing. I don't know. I also have another one about Jesus walking the Camino. But hey, it's not all Holy Joe stuff, okay? Just a kind of kind of a parable, you know? Uh, allegorical, you know, you know? Oh no, it's just allegorical. It's always a good get out clause, I think. Oh, it was just allegorical. Oh, well, sorry, did you think I called you a beep? No, no, I was just being allegorical. Oh God, I don't think you're a beep at all. It's just totally allegorical. Please don't beep me up. Okay. Now, another water break. I'm just trying to get through this hour. And then, have a shower. Hey, it rhymes. I'm a poet and I know it. As they say, we're crossing a main road and back onto the country path. A few trees on the right here. Getting some deja vu around that. Not sure though. Not sure. There was something about me waiting at a tree. I remember I left my pilgrim's passport behind me. That's the thing you get stamped. I think twice. Then each time I got it sent ahead with the, the vans who delivered the baggage for free. Ah, great system. The, Cam the Camino, it's just like your own, it's a little eco-culture almost, you know? You're just, you're living in that world for whatever length of time it takes you to walk it, and it's really nice, as well as really tough. You meet people along the way, then they disappear, then sometimes weeks later, someone you think they're way ahead of you or way behind you, and they pop up. And it's kind of dreamlike. And as I said, what happens is, it happens to me sometimes now, even on the treadmill, especially, the day I did three in a row, maybe, but your real life, as we call it, disappears, you know? Your everyday work life or whatever just sort of fades away. And that feels like a distant dream. But I would say for me, a lot of the Camino felt like a dream, even though it was the current reality. Um, and last week was the toughest. My sort of soul had given up, but I, I made it still. It is good to do something hard and finish it and make it. And 
sometimes there's an overemphasis on that, people running a million marathons or whatever, instead of maybe looking after the kids or whatever. He said judgmentally, I love that, like, no way I'm gonna run even one marathon, I think. When I got into running, I think I entertained those thoughts for a while. But I saw a woman on the Tommy Tiernan show. I must talk more about the Tommy Tiernan show because there's a lot, it's just great guests on it. He's a really good interviewer. And uh, that would give me a lot of material. I kind of could almost plagiarize his show. No, no, not plagiarize, advertise. It's all allegorical, you know, you know? Anyone who doesn't know, it's Tommy Tiernan, Irish comedian, who now does chat shows where he doesn't know who the guests are who are going to come on. So he doesn't know who they are, and also nothing is rehearsed, so it's scary for the guests as well. Because normally on these chat shows, spoiler alert, it's all kind of pre-rehearsed. The, the uh, interviewer knows what to ask, and the interviewees know what's coming up, and they have their little stock answers and their little jokey answers prepared so that they sound, you know, coherent and amusing and intelligent and all that. Tommy does a totally different thing. And uh, it's getting great praise. I'm not a fan of TV in general, but this one is, yeah, it's a keeper. So this woman was on, was it Sinead Kane or something? I can't remember. I missed her name at the start, but anyway, she is, um, what's that word? Not completely blind. There's a word for that, profoundly, I'm not sure. But can only see up close, I think. So she runs marathons with guide runners. And she did like a 24 hour one, all crazy stuff. She was talking to him though about what happens to your feet. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Not for me. I have this book about a guy who went all vegan and did loads of ultra marathons. Again, I, I think I bought it with that kind of delusion that oh, I might do that someday. But I read the opening then, and it's again about his legs being banjaxed and everything. I think the challenge is, like, yeah, doing the Camino was a good challenge for me. Still pretty tough. Damn tough for someone, for most people. And, uh, and I did it. But it also had a kind of spiritual meaning for me in finding myself doing the trail that's been done by millions of people and also doing the kind of going to the Peregrino masses along the way, the Pilgrim masses. Doing all that it was great. And also enjoying, God, the meals. Peregrino meals, like for a tenner, you get like three courses. They'd often have starter, you'd often get like spag ball, spaghetti bolognese as a starter. And then the main course would be kind of smaller, like maybe fish with a little bit of veg. And then, yeah, I guess dessert. And then anywhere between a quarter and a full bottle of wine. I mean, I don't think I ever drank a full bottle of wine on the Camino. I know some hardcore Irish people were telling me, of course, I should not bother. Well, no, I couldn't do that. But even like half a bottle and feeling a bit groggy in the morning, no, I'm just... But yeah, I definitely had a beer when I'd finished, or two, and then wine with my meal and then to bed. And uh, I do think, as long as you're, you know, you're not an alcoholic or something, but the, 
alcohol, when you're walking that much, first of all, you're burning off all those calories. And second of all, like it does, I think, help, you know, ease your muscles. When you just, you've done all that hard working and then you eat, you know, lots of carbs and protein and wine, oh, honestly, it's heaven. It's heavenly, absolutely heavenly, I tell you. So coming up to, uh, walked nearly half an hour now, 28 minutes or so. Just another half hour of talking. No, I gotta do another 40 minutes. Yeah, and then, so this day 26 and 27 will be like 70 minutes each. Or, uh, maybe I'll just do an extra five this time. Let's see. Hope you're all enjoying listening to me. <laughs> another water break. Um, what was I on about at all, at all? There's someone in the distance and we're not catching up. I don't like it. Let's go up to 4.2, see if that helps. Um, you know what, I'm gonna close my eyes for a bit and uh, think I was talking about, oh, I don't know, but you know, people overdoing things, running all these marathons. Yeah, I was, you have to laugh at the way I, I kind of find a way of just saying, oh, they should be at home with their kids. Ooh. You know? Mind you, I think people who climb Everest and die and leave their kids fatherless, I don't know. Especially if there's too many people doing Everest now, so. If you're not really up to it, and then you got a fatherless kid, you know? And then they call these guys heroes. But, hey, let's, I'm not gonna, I'm parking that thought now, I'm not. I'm just saying there is another side to it. But I, I just think this emphasis in the Western world, success, winning, getting to the top. Oh man, I saw a brilliant documentary, I may have talked about it here before, called Blindside. Was it blind? Oh, blind something, God, blind, oh God, not blindside. Blind flight, blind, oh. anyway, about, it was on part of the Storyville series on BBC TV. Um, BBC Four, I take it. I don't know. Storyville. And, uh, oh, we're catching up. See, because I put up my speed now to 4.2, we're catching up. Let's go 4.4. Let's show this guy what we're made of. So, um, 4.5, damn it. 4.6, I'm going nuts here. 4.8. I'm going 5 until we overtake him, okay? Or her. I'm not sure. So, see, I can't think when I go this fast. But we are catching up. Let's just overtake and then we'll get back to BK's pointing his stick. What's he doing that for? Oh, we're slowing down. Oh my god. Okay. I'm gonna slow down too. I thought BK was gonna work with me on this one, but now we're losing ground. Back to 4.4. So I was talking about oh, that documentary. So it's about blind something. It's about these mountaineers. They were like European and American mountaineers <clears throat> helping these kids. Yeah, I talked about it before, but if you missed it, this is great. Helping these 
Tibetan children, I believe, <clears throat> climb. I don't think it was Everest. No, of course it wasn't. Was it? It was a high mountain, put it that way. Higher than Karantul, which is the highest mountain in Ireland, which I climbed. Not boasting. Here we go. We are overtaking. How can I turn that into a humble brag? Oh, yeah, I was, God, I was really slow climbing Karantul, the Irish, the highest mountain in Ireland. And that's a little too humble. I'll work on that. I'm getting a lot of bad sound here. When can we know? <clears throat> what is that sound? Something dragging or wind or something. Um, in the documentary, anyway, <clears throat> it's all these blind children climbing this high mountain in Tibet, I think. One of the Himalayas. Oh, God, I'm, I'm not, I get mixed up with all this stuff. Anyway, you get the gist. And it would show the story of them climbing with the help from these Western, you know, white people who, with, with full sight, proper mountaineers. And the story, that story was interesting. Then it would stop and show the story of each child and showing how, like a lot of them, in, the, in a poor society, and you know, what the Buddhist culture would say, oh, well, no, and first of all, let's park Buddhism for a second, but in a poor society, if you have a child who can't contribute to your home in terms of labor and things, that's really, like, bad, it's, you know? See, anyone who lives in the affluent West can't always comprehend this, but you really, you're really stuck, you know? It's really bad. Uh, then, of course, this is co-opted into Buddhist thinking in the sense that, well, you did something bad in a previous life and now you're, you came back as a blind person. And lots of people, they showed, I remember as one of the characters, they showed like people shunning Hola, him or her in the street. So, once again, we have this thing, say, in Ireland where everyone is, oh, well, the Roman Catholic Church is responsible for all the evil in the world and Buddhists are great. And it's like in that film Calvary, I know I've quoted all this before, but hey, it'll pass the time. It would have passed anyway, said Beckett. So every time I say it would have passed the time, I have to quote Beckett. To appear erudite and knowledgeable, and also to give Sam an old shout out, Irish writer. You gotta give the shout out to the Irish writers every so often. Pretty sure I've mentioned it dropped into the conversation that I read Ulysses last year, yes, by James Joyce. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was very good, very good. I understood every bit of it. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Best book ever written by a mile. Anyway, um, where was I? I thought, I thought. Where was I? Um, Bum -ba -dum. We are farmers. Bum -ba -dum, bum -bum -bum -bum. Liberty, 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 liberty. Couple of American TV commercial jingles just to cheer you up. We'll be right back after these. Let's go out front. Man, I want to present that show. I want to get to say that someday. Let's go out front. James Finnam walking the Camino. Let's go out front. You're in the situation room. Oh, yeah.
So, you're in the situation room, and I'm talking about that documentary. And one of the kids, they managed to track down his father. And then the father, because he got lost in the city, the boy, and ended up on the streets. And they found his father. The father was saying, oh, yeah, I brought you into town. Then you got lost. And the father was looking away, and you could tell he had deliberately, that was the subtext, he had deliberately lost them. It's easy to judge, but, like, seriously, a lot of people are listening to this. <laughs> a lot of people. you got to love my optimism. We're, are probably from relatively affluent areas and uh, can't fully understand that. We all think we're saints, but anyway. But I remember the boy was so upset, he was crying because he realised, you know, his father abandoned him. And I realised then, no matter how poor you are and how hard things are, like that basic thing of needing to be loved by your parents is so strong. Because that's the only time I remember him crying. Oh, broke my heart. But the documentary was beautiful. And they tell, so they'd intersperse the stories of all these kids, but then the main story, the A story, was them climbing the mountain. Blind, I say kids. Well, they were young anyway, young people. Blind, young uh, Tibetans, I think, being led up the mountain with the help of able-bodied and able-sighted um, mountaineers. But the whole, the thing that I really carried away the most from that was, okay, A, that scene about the boy being abandoned. Oh, honestly, if I thought about it now, I'd probably cry or something. Um, but the other thing I took away from the A story, the story about climbing the mountain, there was a bit where they got to a certain level, maybe to base camp or something, I don't know, and there was one last peak to go. So I guess they got higher than base camp. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Everest. That'd be too much. Of course it wasn't Everest. What am I thinking? Um, uh, but, and the weather conditions were bad and they had to make a decision whether to continue up or not. And, you know, a lot of the mountaineers were, yeah, we got it. You know, Western mountaineers, it's all about reaching the top. But then maybe some of the, was it the advocates for the blind people were saying, well, you know, the safety is more important. And there was a discussion then about, is it really about reaching the top, you know? That's a real Western attitude. It's all about reaching the top and winning, winning over somebody else. And honestly, I think having a little bit of competitiveness or ambition, I personally don't think it's a, a wholly bad thing. But if it kind of takes over your life, it is. Um, but that was just beautiful, that philosophical difference, you know? It's not necessarily about reaching the top. Anyway, blind something. I'll let you know on day 27 if you're still with me, what it was called. I'm sure if you Google it, you'd find it okay, easily enough. Beautiful documentary. And BK is overtaken. We're in pole position. The sound is terrible. It sounds like there's a generator running right beside BK, which is unlikely. Or, you know, a motorbike kind of idling behind him. Maybe just there to annoy him. 
Maybe there is. There's a guy on a little motorbike just kind of cruising along behind him, bumping into him every so often. That's exactly what's happening now. There's a tree on the left, a lone tree standing in the ditch. Every time I see that, it kind of reminds me of that Joshua Tree album cover. So it does. Um, I've only got about a kilometer or so to go here. About 20, oh, 20 minutes. That's more than a kilometer, is it? Well, I've 20 minutes to go, so, and I've done nearly three kilometers. Hold on, a kilometer in 20 minutes, that's, that's ridiculous. Surely I'd do two. Well, no, if I'm going four kilometers an hour, that's uh, 15 minutes. Okay, anyway, I'm doing 4.4, you'd be glad to know. But Camino, cyclists going the wrong way. Get a bow. So we're just walking here. I'm walking here. And there's uh, kind of golden fields on the left and right. And just a kind of stony, sandy kind of road straight ahead of us. Really straight. Um, so every time I see, sorry, my phone's giving me messages again. Every time I see a really straight road, I think, is it a Roman road? I don't know, it could well be. I don't have the full picture on this one, but I, as I say, there's one coming up at 17 kilometers, pure straight. It's kind of narrower than this zone. That's, my understanding is that's an actual Roman road. That's what they were known for, wasn't it? Building straight roads. I would have, I mean, I remember learning that in school. I was thinking, it can't be that hard. Just, you know, go in a straight line. But of course, when there's stuff in the way, that's when it gets hard. That's how you end up with windy roads. I'm trying to avoid the stuff in the way. Oh, there's actually a bit of a bend coming up ahead in this, I think. So, uh, okay, more water. I'm definitely not doing a third session today because the old brain cells aren't firing on all cylinders, it would appear today, so. Um, better look up my list. Oh, I'll go back to my diary, for want of a better word, my bullet points from the Camino. Day two, two, two. So Anders took my fleece as collateral in case he didn't get back into hostel. Okay, day five. Slow trek. Okay, I bought sticks at this stage. Just six kilometers to Seizure Manor. Met Mark from New Zealand there, lovely guy. Had salad with James, brackets Switzerland, and Barbara, brackets Germany. Oh yeah, I remember them. They were speaking German together. And Barbara was talking about mein Arsch, her bottom was all sore from chafing, as I was to experience sometime later. Uh, watch this space. So, um, then I say, feels like a new chapter beginning. Mass in my small church. My first pilgrim's meal, brackets, with Mark. Yeah, they gave us, that one was spaghetti bolognese, I think, fish with veg and 
can't remember the dessert, and um, it's a full bottle of wine between us, and we'd had a couple of beers before, so yeah, I think we both agreed the next day, that's not sustainable. I know that makes me sound like not a real Irishman, but really, no. <clears throat> um, so, getting hungry now, like now in real life here in Galway. Talking about all that food, I suppose didn't help. Um, day six, tough start. Oh yeah. Okay, I've got a bad word there. Can't use that. Um, a telling off from a German dude, aka the Terminator, for getting for setting the early alarm. Buen Camino, get a bell, ding ding. The cyclist just went by there. Um, slow out of town in dark, overtaken by the Terminator who uses his poles like ski poles and just flies up the mountain. Oh yeah, he used them like ski poles, that's right. Well, they just the two went out in front at the same time. Instead of, normally they're kind of working at angles to each other. As I said, he was just like a robot, like the Terminator. You could hear almost the hydraulic engines on the sticks, you know? Anyway, I talked about him before. I set my alarm early. The dude ignored me the day before. I said hello to him a couple of times, looked straight through me. Another thing I hate, there's a cyclist. Going the wrong way. Good. Keep going the wrong way. Um, yeah, I set my alarm for 5.30 a.m. Walking past him, he goes, this is ridiculous. I just look at him, I go, oh, you talk. Ha <laughs> ha. James 1, Terminator 0, dude. So, uh, and uh, as I said, he overtook me then, never saw him again. Now, we're coming to a stop sign here and a major road and we're crossing it. We're about to cross it. Look right and left and, uh, oh, it dissolved and we're now later on, further on. There's vineyards to the right. So we're on our way to Los Arcos and there are vineyards to the right. Maybe to the left, I can't, yeah, I think so as well. Maybe. And we're walking. And that sound is gone of this sort of, like sounded like a motor. So yeah, the motorbike who was following him has ran out of petrol or just gave up. He was chasing them out of town, I guess. That's what it was. Chasing them to the, the county line. Don't want to see you type around here no more. You all hear me? Okay, so anyway. Chased out of town for some unknown indiscretion, I dare say. I can hear, it's not crickets, is it, or chicadas, or some sort of insect kind of sound we don't get here. I remember being in Georgia, America, when there was chicadas, like, that's the time I was involved in a car chase, but the sound of the chicadas, if I'm pronouncing it right, was really loud, definitely. And I don't think they come every year, am I right? It's every few years. And my, friend, my acquaintance was working on a film shoot there, but they had a lot of problem with the sound, with the uh, chicadas. When Camino, get a bell, you're going the wrong way. They, you know, recording a film shoot with chicadas, they just have to stop 
When they kicked in, the noise was just deafening. You know, in Ireland, we've no crickets, but... Or in England. But, like, American sound editors, if they're working on a film set in Ireland, I think you have to put in crickets. Well, I've heard, anecdotally, I've heard of them doing this. They've been told, actually, you put in crickets for the nighttime scenes. That's just the dumb thing. They were like, ah, with no crickets in Ireland, sir? Please take them out. Thank you. So, oh, BK has stopped. Should I stop too when he stops? Should I? That'd be nice. Yeah, maybe I will. Why not? Yeah. Oh, don't he start it again. Okay. Okay. Four kilometers an hour. That was nice while it lasted. Now can we overtake this woman, I'm sure. BK is overtaking a lot of people. Give him a little help, 4.2. There we go. I can hear voices behind us. They're closing in on us. <clears throat> so, let's hope we can keep ahead of them. I'm contradicting myself now, it's all about winning. When Camino, we've overtaken, we're in pole position. <sighs> yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm a Westerner. It's all about winning. I rarely win. I've come third and stuff and things. I came. Oh, I won a, oh yeah. I won a poker tournament in Galway here, in Moykulland, where I live. And just before that, like I had played a bit of, when I grew up, five card, card stud. I'd never played Texas Hold'em. I was at a party with my friend Dara in Salons, uh, Kildare, isn't it? Yeah, Kildare, uh, outside Dublin. And uh, played Texas Hold'em for the first time. It was only like a fiver buy-in, but I won. I was playing like a madman, but I won anyway. <laughs> Sometimes when you don't know, you do crazy things and get lucky, you know. I liked it. Maybe there was a bit of skill. There was certainly a lot of balls, I suppose. Am I allowed to say that? A lot of grit and determination involved and a bit of healthy dose of madness but then shortly after that I think then I started playing it on Facebook like for no money but learning a bit about it I mean when there's no money strategies are different but still you get just the basic idea of it and then I played in a tournament they had a, in round it wasn't Patrick's Day but they had a tournament in the local bar here which has now changed hands. It used to be the Crossroads uh, Sinead organized. And it was a fundraiser. So basically half of the pot went to a fundraiser. But I won the other half, 250 euros. <sighs> Felt so good. And I was playing against was a couple of young lads who were sharks. They were talking a bit too much about gambling for my taste. And not so much my taste, I just for their sakes, I hope. There's a lot of problems with young people gambling in Ireland, I think, everywhere. They were talking about betting on NBA, like American basketball. Really? They're saying, oh yeah, you get, you know, you get a lot of wins there, but look, the bookies win the most, that's how it works. Anyway, the Sharks managed to knock them out. Couple of, there was a drunk couple, really drunk, I was like, betting like crazy, playing crazy, you know? And uh, I just I just sat still until I had a good hand and managed to beat them. 
but I also got lucky on the river, as I call it, the last flop. At least twice I was saved by the river. Another time, which used, was my strategy back then, at least once I went all in on, at the start, pre-flop on Pyridusis. Pyridusis, which is kind of nuts. There's a certain logic to it though. If you have, I mean, how many at the table? I'm not an expert at this, but if you have six at the table, you have a pair of juices. There's a reasonable chance that you pre-flop before the three cards are put up on the table that you have the best hand at that point. So uh, position is important too, uh, but also uh, you know where you are on the table. But a lot of pros would fold that, I think, especially in early position, as they call it, where you're... Um, like the dealer is in the best position. Ah, hey, let's not get too into it. But um, yeah, you pro there's a good chance you have the best hand, but post-flop, once the cards go up, like, and especially if there's a king or an acer, you probably don't have the best hand. So yeah, going all in on a pair of juices early on, pre-flop could flush out people who could likely be, would likely beat you post-flop. So there is a certain logic. Anyway, that paid off for me. I did that once. And as I said, there was, a, I think, twice where I won on the river. In other words, I was saved by the last card they turned the color of the river. Um, maybe someone had a higher pair than me, and then on the river, I suddenly hit three of a kind. Something like that. The river giveth and the river taketh away. So, yeah, one of the guys... He was a barman there. His nose was out of joint the next day. He kind of said, he, he left early. He was knocked out. I think I knocked him out. Oh, PK's making some rude noises there, I think. That's allowed. Don't worry, I don't. I only have a million listeners. Not too bad. Um, but what did I do? What was I saying? Oh, the next day I see him. He said, so, oh, did you, did you place last night? Did you, you know, come second or third? I was, oh, no, I won. He, did, he wasn't happy about it. I think he thought I was a hustler, because I, I had talked to him in the days before that about poker. And he seemed to be an expert, and I was a kind of dilettante, kind of asking, oh, how does this work, and how does that work? I was the same a few weeks before that, when I won in Nace. I was like, oh, I haven't played this before. I hadn't played Texas Hold'em, so I think they thought I was a hustler. You know what? It felt great each time. It's like, oh, man. I can tell you're peed off, but I don't like peeing people off normally, but you know, in competition and things like that, I really enjoy that. Playing poker with, particularly with guys, if I'm honest, and there's just that thing with guys, kind of, you can be competitive whilst maintaining a degree of camaraderie as well. I like that. And winning is better than losing, my friend. Certainly in poker. Hey, in life, probably too, but you know. Life teaches you humil humility as well, as I was saying to someone just the other day. We, she was talking about doing the Camino when she was young in flip-flops. They quit after three days with blisters and everything. She said, I'd like to do it now with, once I've got more humility. And I said, yeah, life just is a constant lesson in humility, I think. Even for these people with their life hacks, who tell you how amazing they are and you know all the mountains they've climbed, but I don't know. You can't win everything, and, and you die at the end. 
I don't want to be there when it happens. That's what Woody Allen said about death. What's, was it Mark, did Mark Twain have one? What was the one Mark Twain had about death? Oh, I don't know. He had some good quotes, that's for sure. What was it about? I don't know if it was that hammer or someone else. Oh, they, uh, oh, there was some joke about the... Um, oh, no, he said if the thermometer had been any longer, we'd all have frozen to death. <laughs> but there's also that quote, some guy in Finland, in Russia, that were redrawing the border, and he said, do you want to be in Russia or Finland? He said, oh, Finland, please, I can't survive another Russian winter. Ta-da! I've forgotten how I ended up on this train of thought. All I'm thinking now is... I'm closing in on, I've like three and a half minutes to go. And no, am I going to do a few minutes extra now? No, I'll save that for tomorrow. A nice juicy 80 minute episode for my fans. They're going to love it. Maybe I'll do it later tonight. No, I won't. Once I have a shower today, I'm not having another one later. So, he said, as if I've done days where I've done this and I do my job, you know, from home without showering for a few days. Okay, it's all coming out now. It's like no one else can smell me. And you know what? I've no sense of smell because I've sinus problems. Well, I've limited sense of smell. So it's like, if nobody can smell me, do I really smell? When Camino, we've reached pole position again. This uh, feels like a Roman road, all right? It's pretty straight. People find this hard. There's an area in the middle called the Peseta. I don't think we're on it yet. I don't know. People said that was the toughest. I found it all tough in different ways. But yeah, walking the 17 kilometer Roman road uh, on antibiotics, starting late on my own, hot. That was definitely my toughest point. That's coming up. Stay tuned. So, uh, I'm definitely going to wrap this one up on the hour. Uh, or will I go a little longer? Uh, even five minutes more? I don't think so, my friend. Let's see. So. No, I'm definitely, you heard it here first, I'm winding this up any minute now. So, 2.58.44, so I have a minute and 15 seconds-ish. So, that's just, uh, if anyone wants to join me in silent meditation, uh, you at the back of the class, out, stop sniggering. So this is nice. This is nice, isn't it? This is lovely. Walking along the road in Spain. So, and the sky as blue as you'd like it. As blue as anything. What's this Irish expression I heard the other day? How to put it to music. If someone's complaining, whining, yapping on about something, you say to them, how to put it to music. I like that one. Must use it sometime. What's another Irish one? Now you have it. That's a real Irish expression. Now you have it. I'll put it to music. 
You gotta love that. Now, how are we doing time-wise? Yeah, 12 seconds left. I'm definitely wrapping this up. If you're whining that you want me to continue, add up, put it to music. It's what I say to you, my friend. And we've hit three hours, okay. So, gonna stop. Buen Camino, uh, God bless. See you tomorrow, hopefully. God willing.